At Hassle Cattle Company this Thanksgiving, turkey is out, beef is in. Hassle Cattle is giving our amazing listeners a holiday special with 15% off your entire purchase at HassleCattleCompany.com. Use the code DNVR15 at HassleCattleCompany.com. Get 15% off your entire purchase. There's nothing better than delicious Wagyu beef as a holiday gift. Serve this up for Thanksgiving, treat your guests right, or you can send this to family and friends for a unique and unforgettable Christmas gift. It will definitely be unforgettable. Use the code DNVR15 at checkout at HassleCattleCompany.com for 15% off your entire order. Also, if you order over $200 in Hassle Cattle Company, you're going to get free shipping. Again, that's code DNVR15 at HassleCattleCompany.com. They've got the best Wagyu beef around. They've got everything from smoked sausage to New York strip to bacon to Wagyu franks. They've got everything. Use the code DMVR15 for 15% off your order at HassleCattleCompany.com. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast, the list live edition with myself, Adam Matez. And my colleague, Harrison Wynn. Harrison, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing, man. You know who I just uh, got off, not the phone with, but the Zoom with? Lance Stevenson. I'm just talking to Lance Stevenson. Down in Grand Rapids, huh? How did that go? Up in Grand Rapids, I guess. Up in Grand Rapids. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was good. Um, It's up, actually, you know, it's up in terms of latitude, but it is down in terms of altitude. So we're both correct. True, true. No, it was good. We talked about a lot. Got the scatter report on a bunch of guys in uh, Grand Rapids from his perspective and his thoughts on Nicole Jokic and, and a bunch of other stuff. So keep an eye out for that. I can't wait for it, man. Um, I'm curious to see how good his scouting reports are. <laughs> like, for example, does he know everyone's name? <laughs> uh, yes, he does. <laughs> Even G Baby? I didn't ask him about G-Baby, unfortunately. I asked him about the big neighbors. He loves Peter Cordelli, though. Big Peter Cordelli oh, wow. guy. That's awesome, yeah. man. I'm a big Peter Cordelli guy, too, man. I got to say, yeah. and his numbers have been pretty decent. I know he was like a minus 20 in this last game, so I'm guessing maybe the stats weren't totally reflective of the game. But he's putting up like 15-plus rebounds or something. Yeah. The, the thing about the G League is funny because you, you see all these guys put up monster stats, but then you just have to look at the minute totals they're playing. Because, like, Peter Cornelius played almost 40 minutes a night, 35 minutes a night. He's putting up big numbers, too. That's funny. Uh, Howdy, Aaron. Good to see you in the chat. Um, This, guys, is obviously behind the paywall. These exist as a podcast, as all of our shows do on the DNVR Nuggets podcast feed. We highly encourage you guys to download or to subscribe on your phones. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the automatic download button so you always have these available to you. If you miss a winner's lounge or loser's lounge, no worries. You can listen to them in the car the following day on the way to work. In fact, that's how most people consume this podcast. And then also, you know, on off days, we have guests. We have the list. We have different things uh, going on all the time. So not everybody knows about this, but uh, but but that's how it goes. I see in the chat, Lyco says, hello and Jivali. He says Jivali. <laughs> um, so there you go. He's been waiting for the list live. Uh, very excited for this one, Joshua. Good to have you. Um, we do go through videos. Today I have 23 clips, and actually it's more than that, Harrison. 23 segments. Some of the segments have like four clips or five clips included in them. Usually when we do the list, we're going through one game. 
because the Nuggets had games on Friday and then again on Sunday and then Monday, this is basically a combination of all of the clips from these last three games. And, and most of it is positive. So I know some people don't like to go to the list on a loser's uh, on, a, on a loss, but um, there's actually a lot of stuff, a lot of trends that, uh, you know, that are going to stick out. So if you want to watch this, not just listen to it, we're going to try to make this so that it's great as a podcast as well. But of course, it's always a little bit better when you could follow along and watch these clips with us. Uh, and so if you want to become a member, it's just $5 a month. You get a free T-shirt and you get access to all of the written content we do, all the behind the paywall content, all that stuff. Um, Aaron Hickey already asked, Adam, any chance you can talk about that sequence that led to the Jokic corner three? Such an unusual way for a Nuggets possession to end. It's funny, Aaron, I'm going to let you down. Because I almost added that one to the list, and it'll have to be on the next one because it's actually a play. The corner three one, if you're talking about the left corner three, that one was just read and react basketball. Jokic flared out to the corner because he saw an opportunity. But the Nuggets have added a corner three play for or, or uh, elbow three play for Jokic, a wing three, and they've run it like four or five times for a three. They actually have run it more than that, but it doesn't always result in a three. There's other triggers and things that they can do from it. But it is kind of an interesting little wrinkle that they're getting Jokic off of pin downs for it. Uh, I kind of like it. It's super interesting. And I mean, Jokic only shot, I think, three corner threes this season. He never shoots any. But but that's right. a good little observation by Aaron, though. He, he never shoots. It's so rare. You'll, will you be surprised that centers usually don't shoot the corner three in general? But also right. high usage players don't shoot the corner three. very. The, the corner right. three is very much a standstill you know, low usage, lowest, least important, like on ball guy. So uh, it makes sense. Although I will say when Jamal Murray gets back, I think you will see Jokic in the corners more. So man, now Aaron, you're making me kick myself. I should have made this clip so we could have talked about all these things. I'll save it for uh, Friday's edition of the list or, or whenever we get to this again. You got anything you want to hit before we get going on this? Did you rewatch last night's game? I rewatched a little of it. The The note I've got here that I wanted to bring up, but Michael Malone was on the radio this morning and he was talking about Bones Highland's ankle. He didn't think it was anything serious. Again, yeah. Bones tweaked his ankle twice last night, right. uh, same ankle. Uh, he said he didn't think it's anything serious, but at the same time, he said he didn't think Zeke Naji's ankle was anything serious. And Zeke ended up missing last night's game with Jeez. an ankle injury. So he doesn't think it's a serious thing. Um, the th the fact that Denver has two games off or two days off before uh, they host Philly on Thursday, that's yeah. big. Like that's big getting Will Barton back, maybe getting Bones yeah. Highland healthy. I don't know about Michael Porter Jr., but having two days off right now is big. So I pl just played this video here, super slow motion. This is the second time, and you can see it just barely, just barely. But this is the thing about rolled ankles with Bones yep. or with any player oftentimes it's not like um you know you roll it and it becomes weak like you you hurt it and it becomes weak and you're like oh i could play through it but then things like that happen where he clearly just didn't have his stability down and so he tweaked it i think a little bit further and that's one of the things about ankles is um you know you injure it once you're so much more likely to injure it again that one was on the list i guess we could have just got we got that one out of the lay um I remember when Jamal Murray was battling ankle injuries, you know, like a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and he could never get back to 100% health. He would come back and then barely roll it again and then get pretty healthy and then roll it again in another game. Yeah. Like it was just the thing that kept compounding and compounding. Uh, Miroslav just says, I love when we say Jokic missed some bunnies and then we look at the box score. What do we expect 100% from the field? Here's what's funny. Uh, pretty much. 
Yeah, you don't you don't expect 100% from the field, but he hits so many tough ones and he hit but that he usually makes all the easy ones. And last night he did miss some bunnies. Like he missed some ones where you're like that's a 97% shot for him that he usually makes. Like he had a putback, like a putback layup and he missed it. It's like, man, he honestly probably shoots 95% or better on those. So he did miss some bunnies, but he still shot 60% from the field last night. Could have, could have shot 75%. Um, but, you know, what can you do? Yoke played fantastic. He wasn't the reason. My first note, Harrison, you might like this one because I think it's a really cool one. Bones Highland is really good at contesting shots. Like, we're, I'm going to contrast this to a player like Jeff Green. He's only, what, 6'3 or 6'4? I don't remember what his listed height is. Six, I think it's 6'3. Bones? Yeah. He's 6'3, but he he's really probably 6'2 at the most. But he's so long. And not only is he long, but he also, like, really does a good job of, like, react. He has very quick reaction speed and really good explosiveness. So watch him right here close out on the corner. You're going to see the kick out. Or actually, on the yeah, here it is. And look at how how far he gets on that closeout. If I try to pause it here, let me see if I'm good enough. Like that's a pretty good contest right there. Do you think about a guy who's yeah. only six two, six three, to get all the way from the paint to the corner and contest this is really impressive. And I think it's part of why one of the reasons I'm kind of high on his defense. We're gonna watch him again. Shows all the way to the other side of the paint on this one, tags, and then gets all the way out. And again, I mean, if we freeze this again in in real time, look at. Like he actually closes the gap on this. He gets to where he needed to get to con to contest that one. Which he didn't block it or anything, but that's a good contest. And he just does this repeatedly with how much ground he covers. I think I have one more example on him. You see him here on the wing. Let's see him get pinned in the corner. So he's late, but just does such a good job of extending his body as best he can. Um, I, I think it's a real skill of his. Yeah, well, he's six two, but he's got a six nine wingspan and. You're right. It's one of the reasons why you can be encouraged about what he can be defensively. Uh, like that was a knock against him coming out, out of the draft for sure. Like people did not expect him to be a high level defender just because he's so skinny and right. Um, and, and just his body and that type of stuff. But <laughs> having a wingspan like that is just such a built-in advantage where oh. he, he is on top of those rotations but, you know, even if he's not, even if he's a step behind, he can make that up because he's got that massive wingspan. You know, he reminds me of a Garanook. Do you know this animal? <laughs> I can't say I'm familiar. You don't know the Garanook here? I'm going to have to screen no. here. This, people are gonna, this that, is like, that was not in the animal draft that we did this summer. <laughs> it was not. Um, I'm going to show you this one. You've probably seen it. It's like an Impala. Uh, oh, of course. Skinnier. You know this one? Um, and I'm trying to show like, cause they like, when they hop, they like jump so high in the air. I wonder if I can get a Garanook <laughs> jumping here. I can envision it. Great yeah, Adam content right here. You see how they like spring loaded because of their necks and everything. Like they like, they like really sh just fly. He kind yeah. of reminds me of, of that in a way. Um, well, he, he can remind you of that because he seems like more of a long jumper, at least in those clips than a high jumper. You know, right. Bones isn't yeah. like an above the rim type of guy, but he was covering ground on those closeouts. Yeah. Um, if we're going to contrast this now to Jeff Green and not to kind of pick on him, but watch him here in the paint. He's a lot taller, a lot longer. And just look at that reaction speed and foot speed to close out, you know, significantly less effective here. Like, all right, he's playing in between one, two, three, four, five. Like he takes five steps to go <laughs> 10 feet here. Yeah. 
Like uh, in this play, Bones is jumping when he's at like yeah. the foul line, you know? Another one, like I, this is almost a perfect sort of comparison to the corner one we saw, which is Jeff Green rolls far to tag. Great job. And then now the recovery, it just doesn't even have the same impact, you know, as a, as a Bones one. So it, I don't do this to kind of pick on Jeff Green, although I do feel like his energy, I, I'm very hopeful his playoff energy is, he's a veteran. He's been around long enough that he has playoff energy in regular season. But I honestly think Bones and Jeff Green closing out at you, just in terms of run, jump, get a hand up, it's probably equal, if not a little in favor of Bones, which is crazy because he's given up, you know, six inches of height. Right. But he's also got, what, 13 years in age that he's right. got? It's 21-year-old 20, uh, 20 legs or 20-year-old legs versus 35-year-old legs, too. Uh-huh. Um, I like this one. This is a clip of a great angle. So we're just going to watch the defensive possession on Trey Young. Obviously, I love how much Aaron doesn't give these guys space because he trusts himself. But I love the angle he takes here on Trey Young. If you're going to notice, Trey Young is faster, but he knows that Trey has to beat him by like several steps. So he doesn't like overreact and sprint back. He just keeps him on the hip and he's like, go up for it. I dare you. I'm going to block the hell out of this if you go up. And he just does such a good job. I mean, his defense, what's great about Aaron Gordon is he's great because he has the physical tools and the buy-in and this or that, but also because he's just so disciplined. He doesn't go for like home run plays very often. He just, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just going to make you go to your tough spot and then make the shot 5% harder. And it's, it works, man. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Aaron Gordon fouls a lot, you know? Right. Like he, he plays really good defense without fouling. And I just brought up his game log, three fouls against Dallas, zero fouls in 29 minutes against Portland two fouls guarding Trey Young for an entire close game against Atlanta, two fouls against Indy, three against Miami. He just doesn't pick up a lot of fouls. He's yeah. super high IQ, knows his body, knows how to play angles like that. I I can't believe how much I like Aaron Gordon. <laughs> like, I, I was excited about the trade. I thought it'd be good, but had some bad. It's worked out so, like, if there was the range of outcomes, it's in the, like, 95th percentile, I would say. Totally. The only thing is his three-pointer you know, it, it isn't better. I was hoping maybe like it would become better playing with Yoke or this, that it hasn't. But outside of that, everything else has been a plus plus. Yeah. It's because what it was always going to come down to with Aaron Gordon coming to Denver is, was he going to buy into the role that the Nuggets needed yep. him to play? You know, was he going to be cool with being like a, a third or fourth option on the offensive end and being the guy that Denver puts on these all NBA offensive players on the other end of the floor? And he hasn't just bought into it. He's just totally embraced it yeah. more so than even I thought he would. And I really liked the trade. And I was a total optimist, but um, he's, he's absolutely fit in. I think better than anybody could have thought. I strong, strong agree, man. This next one is a cool veer. This is called a defensive veer here. So you're going to see the pick and roll. And what's cool about this is Jeff green leaves his man in the corner because he sees Aaron Gordon got beat. It's a little bit of a pick and roll, really more of the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, the pitch and go. So Aaron Gordon gets beat. Jeff Green immediately recognizes this and runs out. What's cool is Aaron Gordon also recognizes it and runs mm-hmm. out here. So you actually effectively get beat and recover in a really you know quick thinking way. And again, when you look at just some of the differences here between veteran players and young players, this is two veterans that successfully squashed this, forced the tough three, and now you just killed a play that um, – if you if you froze the the play right here, you'd be like, oh yeah, they get an open three out of this, or they get. I would say open. they might get a Capella lob at the rim. Yeah, they might. They're gonna get something great, and instead, 
they they very successfully switch off on that and get back to their guys. It's just a very impressive play um, from two veteran players. Well, that's something Nicola said is a reason he likes playing with Jeff Green because he knows where to be on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. He talks on yeah. defense, which not everyone does. Right? It's a reason why he likes being on the floor with him. All right. This is, I just labeled this one great defensive sequence, like so many good defensive rotations. So you see here, Aaron Gordon sitting on his hip, yokes up, forced the lob. You've noticed this, another X out here. So you get Barton gets all the way up high to tag this. Again, I've talked about this so much. Don't put one foot in, one foot over and roll because these guys are too big. So he gets all the way over to tag him at the foul line or just slightly below. And then on the kick out, X out, meaning now we have a switch so that Barton doesn't have to rotate to the first one. He rotates here. What I love about it is you're going to notice uh, the angles that guys take on these closeouts to take away. So first you get Monte that angles it to try to force yeah. baseline. You're going to get Barton that goes to force the ball this way. So you're going to see how he runs him off the screen. Now Yoke steps up. Left too. Yep. So Yoke steps up, run him off again. Use that baseline as an extra defender. They got the ball popping on this possession and it didn't open up to the shot the way they expected um, because of it. So I think it's great. So here you go again. I just want to point this out. Taking away this, so you notice he closes one to his right hand, but two, if you get the ball around the horn again, you force a whole other set of, of rotations. If you can force him to the baseline, you have basically an extra defender in the baseline. You know, he can't go, uh, he can't go here. So it's just a great job. And then everybody recovers in real time. Jeff Green even switches out again. That's another X out. That's a lot of rotations to happen in one possession. And Denver, I mean, honestly, this has been that that's one of a hundred different examples I could have used of Denver doing this thing. Yeah. I totally buy this Nuggets defense. I, I feel like in years past, we've always been waiting for the the beginning of the season, like defensive numbers to wear off or for teams to catch on. Right. I feel better about the Nuggets defense this year than I've ever felt about Denver's defense in the Malone era. And they've had top 10 defenses. They've had the 10th best defense before right. you know, first Paul Millsap season. Uh, but I buy this defense more than any other defense. And it's not even close that the Nuggets have had. I buy it as well. I was so bummed, man, when they dropped to third in defense. It's like, so <laughs> I want to wear this badge of honor about the Nuggets being this great defense. Um, it's hard to say where they're going to finish, but I would agree with you that I just think they have the defensive personnel to be a really, really solid defense, and they're executing on a string right now. I hope – I don't think you lose that once you kind of get it going, but we'll find out. Before we get back to this edition of The List Live, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery this week. It's Nugget season, so that means you got to have some Mile High City Copper Lager on tap. Pick some up at your local liquor store, at your local grocery store. Sometimes they're there as well. You can also get them at the Breck Brew Farmhouse out Littleton if you're out in that area of Denver. Check out all the great beers from Breck Brewery. They've got some new juice drop flavors that just dropped over the last couple of weeks. Those are amazing, but it's nugget season, so make sure you're drinking Mile High City Copper Lager while you're watching a Nuggets game. It's a great beer for any occasion as well. Also, we're now partnered with Snooze Sleep at DNVR. Really excited because Snooze Sleep makes the Snooze Flip, which is the most universal mattress on the planet. You can customize your sleep experience to fit your needs. One side is soft, one side is firm. You can flip it to the side that fits your body best. Uh, the cover on the Snooze Flip also reversible with one side up to five degrees cooler and cozy warm on the other side. So fully customizable for your entire sleeping experience, how you like to sleep. That's what Snooze Sleep 
keeps in mind. And the Snooze Flip is the only 4-in-1 mattress with these features that's on the market. What you guys need to do, go to snoozesleep.com. When you use the code DNVR, you're going to get $250 off a mattress and you're going to get $250 off an adjustable base as well. So tons of savings here. The mattress is super comfortable. They hooked us up with a bunch of these for employees at DNVR. It's a great night of sleep. I, I can guarantee you that. Go to snoozesleep.com and get your snooze flip mattress today. Use the code DNVR. Get $250 off your mattress and $250 off your adjustable base. I'm also going to throw a quick DraftKings pick of the week in here. I'm doing this on a Tuesday, so looking at Tuesday night's slate of NBA games, you can get a 50% profit boost on any top point score bet for tonight. So you just have to pick out who's going to score the most points in the NBA tonight. And of course, we've got the Nets matching up with the Warriors. That's the big matchup this evening. Steph Curry's plus 200. Look, you can get some incredible value. If James Harden goes off tonight, plus 1,800, throw a unit on that and get the 50% profit boost, that could be a massive payout. So I'm going with James Harden, daily leading scorer in the NBA tonight, Tuesday, for my DraftKings Pick of the Week. Here is a, a great example of the 5-4 pick and roll between Gordon and Jokic that happens not as the result of a play call. This is just flow basketball, and I like that it's even more exciting when you know, you can just get into things here just naturally. You're going to see, all right, we just ran a play. It wasn't run with very much enthusiasm, but hey, why don't look at where we are? Let's just roll it, roll it into this now. Boop. And we draw a foul on it. And I just like it because, yeah, like I said, this is read. I mean, you've seen the Nuggets do some variations of these types of actions. Once the play breaks down, just kind of start reading. And, like, everybody sees right here, like, hey, we have an opportunity. We're kind of in our horns, elbow gets formation. So just go into it. Here, come sit the ball screen. Roll hard on it. It's open. I love it. This is the sign of growing chemistry. And I'm maybe this is what Yoke's talking about when he talks about the chemistry will get better is you don't want to have to call plays every single time down court. And you don't yeah. want the guy to have to stick to the script of the play. You know, you want them to like, okay, we're running this type of action. But depending on how the defense, what the defense gives you, you can, everybody adjusts on the fly. And you don't even have to say anything. Everyone just kind of recognizes, oh, look where we are. We can run this action we love to do. And the fact that they're already doing that, I think, is pretty exciting. Yeah. We, we've talked about continuity a lot throughout this era of Nuggets basketball. And I think when you bring up plays like this, it's still underrated, like across the league. Because yeah. if you think about the guys on the floor for Denver in that play, like Monte, you know, Will, Nicola, Aaron Gordon's like the, one of the few new pieces or relatively new pieces on this team. They've just, they have so many guys who have been playing together for so long and you know, just know how to play off each other and read and react. It's, it's so underrated still, I think, in the NBA. Vote asked, do we owe Jordy some credit for this? It's such a funny question because, you know, obviously Jordy has now become the unofficial defensive coordinator. I do feel like they're doing some things different and they're doing some things extremely well. And obviously the number three defense, you know, that's that's really good. But the flip side of this is look at the Washington Wizards with Wes Unself, also dominant. In fact, somehow <laughs> better than the Nuggets. So this is a rare one where it's like maybe if the Wizards were terrible, he'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe tinfoil hat, connect dots, whatever. But I, I don't. I really don't know. What I will say is Jordy Fernandez uh, looked really uncomfortable in the preseason a few times when like the defense didn't look great, but he's got to be feeling a lot better at this point. My one 
uh, observation about the defense and some things that they might be doing differently. Do you feel like they're switching up their pick and roll coverages like more frequently? Like mm. so, so, sometimes they, they like come into a game, I feel like against a certain team and they'd be running it one certain way, but it almost seems to me like they're switching it up within a game, within a quarter, uh, w- within a run more so than they have in years past. And if that's the case, I've got to think that's because the back line of their defense, Nicole Jokic is just ascending as a defender and coming into his own and just, they're giving him more responsibility there. I, I think my personal opinion is no. I mean, Malone has always liked to mix up coverages. You come out of a timeout, you throw out a zone or you throw a drop or you throw a switch, you know, like, and Denver still does that, especially against your really dynamic players. Even last night against Luca, there were possessions where it's like, Hey, we're going to, do you remember the Porzingis dunk? Like where he just like sealed somebody in the post and then turned around and dunked it. It was like super easy. Yeah, That was off of a play. I can't remember if Denver was in a zone on that one or if they just switched the screen up top. But Luca read it right away. Porzingis read it right away and they took advantage of it. But that was on a curveball possession where Denver clearly was like, hey, we're going to do something different here. So um, I think it happens. Um, I don't know if it's happening more or less this year. I don't remember what the name is of this clip. So let me, let's watch it together. Oh, I know what it is. So we're getting into our patented... Um, back screen action, and then you get a back door. So I always talk about Denver read and react. You have so many different options. Can you, you guys can't see my arrow. Can you Harrison? Can you see my arrow? I cannot. No. That's one disadvantage of this. So you can't see. So if we look at, this is just a basic pin down, right? Uh, you're getting a pin down screen and it's a four and a one. So, or a three and a one here that you still don't want to switch it. Uh, Aaron Gordon's going to be way too big if you do switch it. So they're going to run off of this and then into a handoff. This is called a strong DHO, strong because it's two screens and then obviously the dribble handoff. But there's options here. So Monte, option number one would be comes off of both screens, receives the handoff. Option number two would be curls the screen of Gordon. So he comes off one screen and then curls. And then the third one would be what he does, which is shortcut. So he fakes it, gets the defender off, and then cuts back door. And this is just classic yoke feeding inside to get him. So there's all these options. Another option I would say here is Gordon can slip this one or Monte can reverse it and set the fade. You know, instead of coming off the screen, he screens Gordon's guy and then Gordon rolls to the basket. So this is read and react basketball. Typically, a team will call a play and the team will run it. But on this one, I think he just sensed an overplay and he backdoors and then Yoke's like, perfect, I got you. And that turns into a layup um, here for Monte. Yeah, it's part of the product of Monte and Nikola Jokic playing four years together now at this point. There's just such a familiarity there. This is a big thing. I I had this on the last version of the list where I highlighted how Jeff Green is so good at um, like exploiting switches. And here's Denver. They've done this a few times, but we're going to run this little flare screen. In fact, I should have put this, I have a bunch of flare screen examples together so I could show you all of them, but this is that flare screen. So Jeff Green steps up, you're running Monte, I believe that is, off to the corner, but here's how you force the switch. So you get him out there, uh, fight Tango with him, and now that they're switched. The big had to step up here. Atlanta's smart enough to know that anytime Trey gets on, switched onto a post player, just switch the backside immediately, and they do that, but it's still a mismatch. They put their two on him. So instead of having little Trey Young, you get slightly less little Bogdan Bogdanovich. And here's the difference, though, between a Michael Porter and a Jeff Green. Yoke, one, gets to take this possession off, which is always great when you could spell Yoke a possession. Just, like, let him yep. – we have a mismatch and feel good. You get to be back on defense. But more than anything, look at the team clear out and let Jeff Green sort of operate in the post here, and he gets the and one. 
this is the type of stuff where you'd love to see Michael Porter really work on something besides just the face up and jumper as good as that is, you know, don't let little guys off the hook on these types of plays, make them, make them guard you and make them and look at Jeff green. Like this is, this is baby food. Cause watch him do the James Harden where he sticks his arms out. Cause he knows what's coming. Whoop. He's like, I just know you're going to reach for this thing and you're going to steal it. You're not, but yeah. I'll, I'll lure you into that. It's a really, really great, great job by Jeff Green. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, Bones Highland reading pick and roll switches here very nicely. Let's see what we get here. Um. So he does a good job. Oh, yeah. So he does a great job on this one. You could tell that Atlanta was switching pretty easily on these ones. So that's not even a good of a screen. The reason Bones takes the dribble towards him, though, is John Collins is wanting to switch back, or most guys are wanting to switch back. So if you attack them, it forces them to stay just a little bit longer because if you go back, you're already downhill towards the paint. So you see he attacks that, recognizes that John Collins is going to stay home, and then just goes right into his shot with confidence. And this is like the beauty of Bones is the more his reputation grows as a player who's capable of doing this the more the defense mm -hmm. starts to react earlier and thus opening up other things for you here's another example very next play i believe i think it's the very next play and you're going to see him read it again this time a little bit of a different type coverage here all right step out gets him inside mm -hmm. this is great great reads if we watch it again the second one this is really great quick reading he sees the screen that we was a great screen too Great screen. So we do, don't want to switch. They're going to switch the, on the backside here. Same thing with the Trey Young thing. So they're trying to hand off, but they screw it up. As soon as he sees them screw up the, the handoff, he gets a quick release and a nice, easy layup. That's veteran type stuff in the pick and roll from Bones Highland. Yeah. It's it's tough to even look at him and, and think, oh, this is a rookie anymore because he's gone from like his first couple games in the rotation. You're like, all right. I don't want to have too high expectations for this guy. He's just a rookie. Now he looks like a vet. <laughs> he looks like a vet who's been playing in the league and like running that action for years. Totally, man. He's really impressive in this way. You ready for my favorite clip, Harrison? <laughs> my favorite yes. clip. And it's yes. not even because it's the best, like most exciting nuggets one. It's just the best teaching point one. I've talked so much. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to unsee this now. Once you uh, start playing, but the Nuggets always get into this formation, right? Yoke at the top, two guys on each side. And here you get, okay, the, the flare screen option. And I'm going to watch a bunch of options here. The other day I was showing the screen and then slip, right? Because defenses like to switch this, you get on the inside. Well, if they don't, if they're just going to go under this or run into the screen or whatever, but not switch, this is what happens. The quick flare out to the corner and now you get a wide open corner three pointer from a good three point shooter. This is why I say there's no read and react basketball. If everybody's on the same page, there's no bad options. It's just reading what the defense gives you. That's one example. Now let's go to this one. Um, let's see here. Look, no floor balance. So Yoke's like, hey, why don't you come over here, Austin Rivers? Now let's get, now we have floor balance, two and two. Let's get that screen. They're going to go over, curl it to the basket, and get the layup. So we watch this again. He comes over. So on the first one, C.J. McCollum went under the screen, and so you get the flare to the corner. On this one, the defense goes over, and so now the advantage is no longer to the corner because this guy's going to run you off the line, so go to the basket. This is great read and react by Austin Rivers, and he gets there nice and easy. I mean, this is why I say there's no easy options here if, you can, if everybody's on the same page and acting quickly. Same thing, flare option to the corner. The defense actually went over on that one, um, so Bones probably could have – 
floated this one out to the corner. But even when they go over with a good enough screen, and actually Bones does a good job as I'm re-watching this. Watch Bones set this up towards the basket and then yeah. out. It's like that a good – like, Yeah, a little micro step, but it makes a big difference in terms of getting himself open. So um, there's another option. Look how many options I have on here. Oh, yeah, this is – I had kept that in because Faku muscled Nurkic, which he just loved. <laughs> <laughs> Faku just rips the ball out of Nurkic's hand. I love it. Uh, all right, here we go. Flare to the corner. Let's see what we get on this one. Oh, a little slip. So, again, they switched this one, didn't they? Or they were at least going to have Porzingis stay in the corner. So, he's like, all right, you you up. I'm here. He yeah, reads it. easy read. Oh, yeah, and dunks. I'm telling this you. This is so just like uh, Peyton Manning in the shotgun with two sets of, like, bunch formations on either side of him where it's just option routes. He just drops back and sees – what matchup he likes and, and let's, you know, that guy go to work. Yeah. All right. Here we have, I think I have a few now with the team not executing very well or not reading it properly. So you kind of see, uh, Oh man, I didn't mean to go that far back. Let's see if I can get back to here. All right. There's the dunk. So here we get one. Um, the screen's not very good and this is part of it. So you just get around flares to the corner, not ready to shoot, but guess what? It's fine. Let's just go right into our regular basketball and we get here, and here's what I love about it. Just little, like, go right from one action to the next. What you get is the throw to the corner. Watch now has Jokic is going over to set the side pick and roll. These two guys go into a brief moment where they're in different roles, right? Right now, Porzingis, one pass away. Uh, Powell, one pass away. But right at the moment where they switch, Yoke turns on the afterburners and goes from a screen to a slip. This is technically a slip, a slip screen, even though he doesn't get within 10 feet of the actual ball screen. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Yeah. Here we go. And now I've got position on a bad defender, and I'm going to make you look silly. Oh, it's such a smart play. Such a smart play, and there's so many – again, this is all within that same flare screen action. So you get a little handoff on this side. All right, fine. Let's go to this side. Again, could have been pinned down, could have been a cut. Instead, they're going to this flare action again. We're on the inside. We got inside position. I like – actually, what I like on this one is he doesn't uh, slip on it. And I think it's smart because he sees the defender here. I think it's Luca is sitting on the slip. So instead you curl it around, clear out now, because we're going to go post up now. We got a switch. That flare screen created a switch, and now we get Uncle Jeff to go and go do, you know, do his work. Terrible move. Jeff left me down <laughs> as I'm trying to show. It was a terrible post move, um, but it was the right – at least it was the right idea. Do I have any more yeah. clips on here? It looks like not. So those are flare screens. It's, it's cool because that's all the exact same action, but you see the different ways you can read it, and the more you do it, the more you play free-flowing basketball like this, the more you see all the different options, and it becomes bang, bang. We talk about the ball is popping. Oftentimes, it's, yes, guys are making passes and being unselfish, but often it's that guys are reading cuts and screens and, every, and the next action quickly, so there's no lag. It's always you go from one thing to the next, and that was a really good uh, uh, example of that. Yeah. This is the type of stuff that, like really makes the Nuggets special and special because of Nikola Jokic. Like right. there's not many players in the NBA. There's probably only a couple that you can stick up at the top of the key and you just run sets of actions off to the side and you just leave it up to him to choose what direction he's going and who's getting the ball. And usually it works out. What's cool about this. And this was the idea behind the triangle offense was that you have this floor balance, you know, got ball up top, two guys on each side. But then when the ball shifts to a strong side, then you create new floor balances where you can either have the three guys on the strong side or just two guys on the strong side. But everybody has a position to cut through and replace. 
And this is what's nice about this continuity offense is you saw on that when Monte goes, you see that they're going to do, you read that, oh, Jeff Green now has a switch, so we're going to go to the post. And you clear through. Jeff Green doesn't like what he has. He kicks it out, and you get into a new, you know, it, it should just flow into the next action. So there's all these reads you can make off of it. Um, one of the things that's huge, Aaron Gordon mentioned this in one of his media availabilities about one of the big differences between playing with Jeff Green versus playing with Michael Porter is that he's matched up against threes a lot more, uh, Aaron Gordon is. And that allows for a lot more of this, which is just, he's not even running hard. You can see he's one of the deepest guys here. But in transition, guys just cross-match, and it's like, oh, okay, I know what to do. Get out of here, son. <laughs> yeah. And then another guy comes over. Get out of here too, son. And he just bully balls him. To the, there's just been so many great rim runs from Aaron Gordon over these last th three or four games. And here he is. So you contest. Now you're the deepest guy back. Secure the board. Boom. Now you you force the mismatch. Their two bigs are right here. So you force a cross-match. Simons. Oh, yeah, mouse in the house. Draw foul. Perfect. Great transition play, helping get in the bonus here. So he's done a great job of that, uh, as has Jeff Green. And it's just another area where Michael Porter, he has his own, like Michael Porter has his own pluses to his offense, right? I mean, his jumper, sure. obviously, and he could shoot over guys. But the ability to start pending guys like that, I don't think Michael Porter has the center of gravity to be a rim runner where he backs guys down and seals them in the paint. But I do think he has the ability to play angles. So you just you get the one hand up, and if the guy plays too high, then you switch to the other side. And he's so tall that Yoke can start to lob those in, um, and you know it, it'll be a real advantage. But that's one of the big advantages of the Nuggets, even with Michael Porter, is they have three true big players, as in tall players, and you could really take advantage of that. Yeah, Aaron Gordon, we know about his athleticism in terms of his like vertical. He's been an incredible dunker throughout his career. That's how most people know of Aaron Gordon. But he's got such great body control around the rim that, that I've noticed this season. You can tell on plays like that where like he'll, he'll get uh, close to the rim. He'll get in the restricted area. He'll take on contact. He'll still be able to finish or like still be able to get a shot up at the rim. He's got way better body control and, and just uh, feel around the hoop than I thought he did. Before we get back to this edition of The List Live with myself and Adam Ars, let me tell you about Saturday Neon. They're a new company that we're partnering with here at DNVR, SaturdayNeon.com. What Saturday Neon is, it's a company that designs and manufactures officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. We've got a couple of them on the DNVR sets at the bar if you've seen them there, but go to SaturdayNeon.com. These signs are really cool. It started by two Buff alumni, former college roommates. They're Denver-based, locally owned and operated. They offer free shipping as well. And it's pretty much just a light-up neon sign. You probably picture something that you like see in a bar or something, but it's of your favorite college team. So it's actually super sweet. They, they do a really good job. These things look awesome. We, I've seen the Buffs ones. I've seen the CSU Rams ones. They're really, really cool. Uh, they use LED neon, not glass neon, so it just looks a lot better. It's a great Christmas gift idea as well. So go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR10 for 10% off your purchase. That's code DNVR10 for 10% off your purchase. Make it an incredible Christmas gift or incredible holiday gift. SaturdayNeon.com code dnvr for 10 percent off your purchase also this weekend at DraftKings, make sure to download the DraftKings sportsbook app DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl new customers who bet just one dollar on either team to score 
in an NFL game this weekend can win $100 in free bets when a team scores you score with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skid in the game with new same game parlays. NBA, NFL, try a same game parlay. Definitely makes a Tuesday night or Wednesday night a little more enjoyable. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets if they do score. With promo code DNVR, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also at Hassle Cattle Company for Thanksgiving. Guys, turkey is out. Beef is in. Hassle Cattle is giving our amazing listeners a holiday special with 15% off your entire purchase. There's nothing better than delicious Wagyu beef as a holiday gift. Serve this up for a Thanksgiving. Treat your guests right with Wagyu beef. Send this to family and friends for a unique and unforgettable Christmas gift. They will thank you. I can guarantee that. Use code DNVR15 at checkout to receive 15% off your entire purchase. That's code DNVR15 to receive 15% off your entire order. If you order over $200 worth of Hassle Cattle Company, you also get free shipping as well. So hit up a friend, get an order of Hassle Cattle Company together. Use the code DNVR15, get 15% off your entire purchase. Any orders over 200 bucks, you will receive free shipping from HassleCattleCompany.com. Um, all right, let's go to this one here, which is another Bones clip. I love how he balances aggressive. He's always aggressive, but also always patient. So here he goes. Gets Larry Nance Jr. Let's dance. Yep, didn't work. You know what? Let's right, dance, let's Nance. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. There it is. Got you this time. I just love it. Like so many, so few young players would pass up that first drive. It's like, I'm, I've got a chance. I'm going to go. And he's just like, I tried. I should have taken Larry Nance. I'm quicker than him. It didn't work, but I'm not, you know, let's keep the ball moving. Let's keep doing this or that. And um, uh, so I think that that's, that's one, one real positive of him, being aggressive without being, like, foolish. Yeah. I mean, Bones is all about putting pressure on the defense. Putting pressure on the defense with his three-point shot, uh, pressure on the defense, attacking the rim. Every time he gets the ball, he's looking to be aggressive, make something happen, put pressure on the defense. And honestly, in my opinion, it's been the biggest reason why the bench unit has just been playable as of late, not counting last night, but because he is constantly just, he's got his foot down on the gas all the time. Um, Let's look at this one here. I just have it. That's great chemistry on the switch between Yoke and Monte Morris. I don't really remember it, but let's see. Okay. So you get the switch. Same thing, by the way, here real quickly. Again, is he going to the basket only in so much as he's going to make Nurk not recover here? So if he stops right here, then defense recovers. So he's like, I'm going to drive. Okay, now let's get it back. Watch how quickly the ball goes back and forth between the two here, though. All right, switched. Back, back, back. Like, I just love it, man. You just know what you're you're trying to do. And then the last thing about knowing what you're trying to do. So now rather than let Nurk dig from right here and then you force kind of the tough shot, he's going to drag him down. Flare out to the corner. So now Nurk is the help, but the help has to come right here. So Yoke, all right, I'm going to turn. Nurk decides he like takes a step towards the passing lane rather than towards the basket. Yoke sees it and says, sweet. So if you see this again, you almost don't notice it in real time. Yoke notices it. And if Nurk would have stepped up on that, guess what? Monte Morris, wide open corner three. It's like, it's honestly, let's watch it again. 
they just put it's, you in it's, check. it's a two-man game without a, being in a traditional like pick and roll you know well it is a pick and roll here like back Back, and then you do some back. other stuff and do some other right. stuff. And this is, yeah, they just get you into checkmate so easily off of one pick and roll. And it's like, yeah, perfect, man. Um, just great, great work uh, with the Nuggets. I will say this one reason I have some confidence for the Nuggets as a playoff team is that they have actions they can go to that are not very hard. You know, a lot of teams will have like a play. It's like, oh, it's our special play. It requires six screens and four cuts and the time. Like, no. Denver is like, hey, we can run this type of pick and roll and get our switch and then take advantage of it from there. So really, uh, really good stuff. Monte Morris, underrated chemistry with Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that's been going on with Bones, this actually first happened to people that have been subscribers for a while. I've talked about this in Summer League. If you remember the game, was it against Dallas actually? Where in the Summer League when they Bones took completely took over. And then they just started trapping him on pick and rolls because they were like, well, we're not worried about anybody else but Bones. <laughs> and so when teams start to trap the pick and roll, as Portland did, by the way, against Bones in this game, one of the best things you can do is start to set this go screen or fake screen. So he's going to come up and instead of set it, because if he sets it, both of these guys jump out at Bones and they force you to pass to Jermichael Green. And is Jermichael Green four on three a great option? Probably not. Like Jermichael Green's good, but that's not his bag. If it was Yoke, of course, teams aren't going to do that against Yoke because they're terrified of Yoke. But against Jermichael Green, they might. So you'll see instead he doesn't set it. So this defender jumps into trap mode, right? Like he's out of position now to keep Bones away from the paint. And this guy now has to decide, do I commit to this or do I jump out? He hesitates for one second because it was perfectly timed. So ghost screen. He thinks it's a trap. It's not. And then he gets all the way in, in deep. Zeke doesn't finish yeah. this one, but you know what? That's not the point of this. The point is Bones does a great job timing this of boom, got you. Now I'm, now I'm living in the paint and Malone and, and company do a great job of obviously recognizing it and go into those ghost screens. Bones ability to change speeds. You saw it on that play. It's special. It's, it's one, been one of the big things that's jumped out when watching him in the pick and roll, how he can go from zero to 60 like that. Like he, he, he can go from nothing to a sprint uh, in, a, in a split second, and it just keeps the defense off balance. It really reminds me of a Garanook in that way. <laughs> go, go back to the previous play. Uh, all right, I have just on here great help defense from Jeff Green. Let's take a look. Going to have to rewind this one and watch again here. Play. I thought the play was going a little bit slower. Oh, here's what it is. Yes, so this is great. So you have a double drag screen. They were running this for Luca all night. You get the two guys up top. Aaron Gordon gets beat uh, in the worst way possible, which is boom. All right, he just got crossed over, so now you don't have any help over here. But watch the reaction speed by Jeff Green, who's prepared to do a completely different type of coverage right now. A very completely different. But he sprints. Actually, he doesn't even sprint. He takes a smart angle. Rather than yeah. run at him this way and get crossed over, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to meet you on the block, get my hands up, challenge it, and there, there you go. So you turn what was beat before the play begins. Boom, Denver's beat. Odds of Dallas scoring here go up by like 30% to great defense. I'm going to take off another 20% of that and save the play, save the possession. I would have thought for sure that play would end with Luka either scoring or drawing a foul. But right. Jeff Green did did a great job there of just being vertical and not reaching. And one of the things, like you watch that play, you watch the one earlier where Jeff Green quickly recognized when Aaron Gordon was beat and jumps over, and you just think, 
all of the players, are they making that? Like when you wonder why is Jeff Green out there, he doesn't make shots like this guy or he doesn't do this like this guy. Like he makes yeah. those type of reads really quickly, and that's so important. It's as important as some of the other stuff. And if you're watching live, you don't even really notice. I watched it. I cut that clip, and the first time I just played it right here, I didn't quite catch it. So um, that stuff happens sometimes. Um, again, not sure exactly what this play is supposed to entail. Here's an – oh, you know what it is. This is the old high screen on the inside and roll, just like the Nuggets run with uh, – with yoke as the as the screener here but you're gonna see he knows the switch is coming he stays on the mm -hmm. inside so that the defender is out here on the outside and he rolls high and of course bull bull is spacing out here so willie collie stein who's the rim protector is out of the paint and then you get this beautiful action i'm telling you i love aaron gordon on these ball screen and roll actions um that denver's done and it's cool that i already showed that they are doing the Jokic uh gordon one has worked as a set play it's worked within the flow of the offense, but it's also working now with, you know, other players. Like you could run PJ Dozier. You just run him as a straight one, three pick and roll. And it works as well. Very exciting. Adam, isn't it nice to have somebody like Aaron Gordon who catches every lob? How many times <laughs> have we rewatched games and watched the Nuggets play where guys are messing up lobs at the rim? Isn't it nice? It's, it's the worst. Um, speaking of guys who mess up lobs on the rim, I'm pretty – I hate to say this. I'm so disappointed in Jermichael Green this year. I, I really feel like it has not been a great year for him, and it's not just the missing shots. I mean, let's watch. Here's a three-point shot. He's the deepest guy back. Three-point shot. Almost airballs it. And then uh, – what a bummer. Oh, crap. Porzingis got behind me for a layup. By the way, look at the clock. There's two seconds left in the half, in the quarter. This Brutal. is an end of quarter play. You're a veteran player. You know that when you get challenged at the top of the key, you're the deep man back. To get beat for a layup is just killer from a veteran player. And then didn't he almost throw it away? And then like Bones got called for a travel on the next. I think yeah, it might have, that might have been that exact play, man. <laughs> yeah. No, Jamichael Green's had a really rough year. It's funny because on the preview show, my thing was like oh, none of these stats that he put up last year surprised me because we know exactly what Jamichael Green is going to do every single year because he's done that every single year of his career. This year, he's he's been fought out awful. I mean, he's got he's third on the team in turnovers, and a lot of those are offensive fouls, illegal screens, stuff like that. And I felt last night when he got in that little dust-up with uh, Noah Kina and whoever else was in that, I feel like a lot of that was just – he was frustrated that he's just sucked this season and it kind of boiled yeah. over. Right. Maybe – I think – I am with you that that was where that foul came from because he just missed a layup and it's like, yeah, he's pissed. Um, I love this. Miroslav says Aaron Gordon is actually underpaid. I don't know about underpaid, but I will say <clears throat> I don't mind. Like I don't lose sleep over his contract. He's a guy that I think could easily be the third best player on Denver's roster if they needed him to, if the roster was constructed a little bit differently. Um, you know, so I, to me, I'm like, yeah, he's a really, I, he's just a really, really good piece. Um, I am interested. I want to be careful here. Not that all Serbians think the exact same way. I think that there be is, careful, be careful here. No, no, no. Cause I think there <laughs> is like an American style of watching basketball, which is that we have been, we grew up with celebrity being a much, I, I've traveled, I've told you, I've been to like 30 something country. I used to travel a ton in my twenties. Like here, really, we go. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And in addition to seeing Gara Nukes in the wild, what I've also have noticed is that so different cultures, um, like um, you really realize how much like advertising and celebrity is in your face in the U S and it even goes into like 
how you view basketball. Like we view basketball here, I think more so than foreigners in terms of the one guy who is the guy. And then everybody else is just the like supporting cast that's interchangeable. And I think that non-American people tend to view the game a little bit more as a team sport. And like, yes, there's good and bad players, but one player can be, we, we do this with football, right? Like a great quarterback can never win or a great running back can never win. But with basketball, for some reason, we're like, he's not the best. He's never won or he's not, he didn't carry a bad team. And I wonder with Aaron Gordon, if there's more of a, an appreciation for the things that he does outside of the U.S. as opposed to inside, because he's sort of definitively not a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different than who he was earlier in his career, for sure. He's right. completely remade himself in that aspect. But yeah, the Aaron Gordon contract, definitely not the Nuggets contract that I'm losing sleep over right now. <laughs> Both funny and also sad. Um, all right. I don't remember what I called this one. So let's we'll watch it together, shall we? Oh, I love, first of all, I love this uh, yoke. So I love any play where we're using Gordon as the initiator here. Back screen. Oh, this is what it is. This is how you punish. Oh, go ahead, Kale. I was just going to say, you call this how to attack small lineups. Yep, yep. And that's exactly what it is. So you got Porzingis playing center, who's like 7'3", but like he plays like he's 6'3". So you're <laughs> really a small ball lineup at this moment. You get the back screen. And one, Yoke's inside position here. So you could say he cuts through, but Yoke, you know, Porzingis is in here. It gets a little crowded. He, he knows what he's doing here. So he slows it down. And here's what I love. Jeff Green doesn't force it. He takes the dribble here to be like, all right, keep it honest. And now here we are. Yoke at the at the center here, and he's like at the nail. It gets all this opportunity to post up, and you just flatten out. And it's like, yeah, this is baby food. Miroslav, this is what I'm talking about. He misses it. This is this is what I mean. Was he supposed to go 100%? No. But did he miss that one? That You, you know when I showed this clip, you didn't expect him to miss that one, and that, here it is. So Jeff Green does a great job. It, it should be noted. A lot of players here, when they kind of crowd, you can see Dallas is trying to sit on this. A lot of players would be like, shoot, what do I do? I just shoot it or something, you know, like force or I drive. He like, oh, I'm driving. Just kidding. I just dragged you guys away so I can get to what we wanted, which is baby food that got spit up. Mm. Mm. I'm stuck. You missed that. <laughs> even on rewatch. Yeah, even on rewatch. Uh, dude, dude. Um, what do you what do you want me to say? Am, am I a little concerned about the Porter contract? <laughs> I mean, how could you not be right now? The guy's got another back injury. I, I honestly, am, I think I'm the most confident in Porter's ability to bounce back from this terrible start than of anyone. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm like, I would bet, I would wager good money that he does. Um, even if like it, 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 you guys can tell it obviously annoys me too. Um, I don't remember what this one's called either. Let me see. Mm, Bones needs to step up and tag the roller. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Oh, yes. I always talk about being there early. You can see Bones here. Watch what happens. Boom. Bobon catches it. For some reason, Bones thinks to jump. Boop. <laughs> like, first of all, <laughs> it's seven foot six Bobon. Third of all, if Boban takes a jumper from right here, you live with it. Like, can he hit sure. that? Yes, but it's probably 50% or less. You're not going to foul. You're going to grab the rebound, like all of this stuff. And instead, he jumps for no reason, which allows Boban to get here, which he is roughly 99.9% from. He's seven foot six. So this is yeah. just a good example of Bones being – these are lessons you kind of just have to go through, but this is Bones rotates early, but don't give a big any space. Yes, he's bigger than you, but meet him all the way up in there and force him to go through or around you because he's not very mobile. Yeah. You want to force Bobon to to make a play. 
you know, don't 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 give him a whole a whole lane like that. Yeah. Um, I have Gordon needs to be prepared to read what's happening here. Let me see, man. I did so many clips that I've forgotten them. Usually these clips are all like, there's not that many to have to choose from. Let me see here how this play unfolds. Oh, I know what it is. So here you go. You've got Jokic here, but they're crowding it because they're worried. So what happens here is you always get the weak side flash uh, from a big, so you can go high low. Gordon does that. But here's the thing. You need to not just be thinking about, like, he's laser focused in right now on the high-low pass to Yoke. You don't need to be. You need to know that that's your read. Like, I'm cutting here to be able to get that. But you also need to understand that Bones Highland now has Boban on him. Like, this is such mm -hmm. a egregious mismatch. And you also need to read that five players are on this side. So here you go. He flashes, catches. You can go high-low here. But guess what? He's reading it a little bit. You can go into your jumper, but I don't know if that's a great one. Or better yet, look at Boban here. Boban is cutting hard back. You've got Bones Highland right back out here on the wing. This could be – the best read would be just catch the ball here, go very slow, take your time, go very slow, and then read the court because something is guaranteed to open up for you very, very quickly. Yeah. And instead, he jumps immediately into a fade. Boban's here and kind of scares him. So then he throws the cross-court pass, and it's a turnover. This possession at this very moment, let me say, right, watch PJ, right as the double goes, Gordon goes. At this very moment, Denver scores like 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And instead it turns into this, like just pitch it right here, back to Bones, wide open. I mean, look at Boban's not going to turn around. He's not going to stop on a dime. <laughs> like take your time, read the court, and you get it. Um, he'll learn that though. That's, a, that's another chemistry thing. He'll get there. Yeah, and with Gordon, I mean, if you think about it, he's still relatively new in Denver and – he probably hasn't been in that position a ton over the last couple of years where he's like cutting to the high post off the ball. You know, he, he's had the ball in his hand so much in Orlando. He's still kind of learning those intricacies of, of the Nuggets offense. Um, this is, I have disappointing J Mike effort here again. I'd say oh, how God. many times I have this on, on the, as an example here, but all right, get out. This, you got your switch. Let's get it. Oh yeah. Miss. Watch him. So look at him. That? He misses it and he's bummed at himself. But look at this. This is, by the way, Denver um, is down, but they had just given up the lead. This is the crucial moment. He is tied with Reggie Bullock right now. But look at him. He's sad. So instead of being able to match up guard to guard, for some reason, Bones comes all the way over to guard him and is late and he gets a three and the crowd erupts. This was the biggest momentum shift in the entire game. It put Dallas up uh, by four points. And the game was pretty much over. And it, sat, it sucks that it was a veteran player not sort of, me, one, missing the layup, but two, sulking after the sulk was actually worse yeah. than the miss. Brick missed it. Ah, oh, bummer, man. Man, this sucks. Well, you just I, don't expect that do stuff out of, out of Jay oh. Mike, man. That's a tough one. You don't one, expect man. that. It's, it's been really... surprising how much he struggled and, and plays like that, too, because. No, you, you never think you're going to see that stuff from him. Um, another funny face from this, or a funny moment from this. Uh, this is Bull Bull. So this is a switch. Now, whose fault is it? Because this screen doesn't actually happen. And I don't know that you want Bull Bull on Jalen Brunson. So should Faku have switched that as easily? Maybe, maybe not. But here's the thing. You've got to communicate. So this is on Faku and Bull. They don't switch. Bull misses it. And then this goes. And then, by the mm -hmm. way, look at the score now. 90 to 85. We are you know, three minutes in and watch Jokic. This is the classic yoke. <laughs> Here we go again. This is yoke. Just being like, are you guys serious? We were up four, three <laughs> minutes ago. 
I've got to come back in now. I mean, it's just, but this is why people ask like, why can't bowl bowl play? Like guys, these plays are worth like minus two jumpers made. Like these plays are just so painful and it's not all his fault. It's also Faco. Although you see Faco being like, bro, what the heck, man. But personally, you just, you just got to communicate. Cause that was not a very, to me, I would not have wanted to switch that one, but you got to yeah. communicate that- it. Mad respect to the camera operator there who just knew to go to Jokic after that play. That's that's an incredible cutaway. Um, and then another veteran making bad moves. This is my last clip of it. We've got a little zone up for Denver out of the timeout. The thing you want to do is make the big, if you're attacking a zone, you, you want to make the big pick one side of the court or the other. Jeff Green's up top. Watch the zone get vacated. He's late to see it for some reason. And so Yoke rotates over. So Luca correctly reads. If it goes this way, you go that way. And oops, we'll play it one more time. You see the cut. Yoke steps over, mm-hmm. and then there it is. Yeah. Perfectly timed pass. But it starts from Jeff Green just getting beat somehow on a sideline out of bounds, where it's just like, dude, how do you get beat there? What's going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough. That's tough. That's all I got for today, Harrison. Some good, some bad. Um, I think Aaron was asking in the comments if I have any wind chimes on Will Barton. I don't, unfortunately. Uh, we'll probably get an update tomorrow because I'm guessing the Nuggets will practice on Wednesday before their game Thursday. So we'll get an update tomorrow on Wednesday. So thanks, everybody. I mean, we, we only had a handful of people in here during the live show watching this on video, but I would highly encourage you guys, if you are interested, I mean, these are, I love going through this film and it really helps, I think, to look at it. I think, like I said, we try to make this work as an audio show so you get something and you're looking for something. But if you really want to see the video, we've timestamped on, on – you go on thednvr.com, you click on the YouTube link, and it'll take you to YouTube. And then in the description, you can see the timestamps for all of the different um, actions. So you, you can – video number one, video number two, or whatever. So if, if you want to follow along, become a DNVR member. It's only $5 a month, guys. It's not that much money. $5 a month, and you get access to this, which we're doing now – it sucks because the Nuggets this week play Monday and Thursday, Friday. So like this will probably be the only one this week. We'll see. But we usually will try to do these after weekday games. I think that's the best way to do it. So yeah. caught up on a lot today, went a little bit long. But going forward, we'll continue to do this, um, and it'll be great. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys actually tomorrow. Real quick, I think I put this in. Let me play a little teaser that I actually uploaded. Kill. I don't even know if you saw this. Tomorrow on the Keeping It 1000 podcast, Steve Hess joins. Actually, I'm not going to play the teaser because it won't make any sense on the podcast. But the Keeping It 1000 podcast tomorrow, I'm having Steve Hess on. We're going to talk about – Steve Hess was the trainer or I should say strength and conditioning coach. I called him a trainer one time and he corrected me. A strength and conditioning coach for the Nuggets for 21 seasons. And that includes lots of different eras, the late 90s, the pre-mellow the Mellow era, the George Carl era, post-Mellow with George Carl, and even into the Jokic era. So he saw so many different iterations of the Denver Nuggets, and I can't wait to ask him about that. How did things change when the Cronkies arrived? How did things change when Carmelo arrived and George Carl and Chauncey? And I can't wait to hear his perspective on it. Should be for a great show. All right, everybody. Awesome. Adios. At Hassle Cattle Company this Thanksgiving, turkey is out, beef is in. Hassle Cattle is giving our amazing listeners a holiday special with 15% off your entire purchase at HassleCattleCompany.com. Use the code DNVR15 at HassleCattleCompany.com. Get 15% off your entire purchase. There's nothing better than delicious Wagyu beef as a holiday gift. 
Serve this up for Thanksgiving, treat your guests right, or you can send this to family and friends for a unique and unforgettable Christmas gift. It will definitely be unforgettable. Use the code DNVR15 at checkout at HassleCattleCompany.com for 15% off your entire order. Also, if you order over $200 in Hassle Cattle Company, you're going to get free shipping. Again, that's code DNVR15 at HassleCattleCompany.com. They've got the best Wagyu beef around. They've got everything from smoked sausage to New York strip to bacon to Wagyu Franks. They've got everything. Use the code DMVR15 for 15% off your order at hasslecattlecompany.com.